Praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office and I'm glad you are watching whenever it is you're watching. We're in Romans chapter 15 and uh, this will be part 7 today here on this 15th day of October 2020. Beautiful day here in the piney woods of northeast Texas. And uh, we're just so thankful to have God's Word and to be learning the righteousness of God's Word that we might behold His majesty. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, that the church would come back <coughs> to God's way of righteousness and be hungry and thirsting after His righteousness. Praise God. Uh, it's been a wonderful study uh, all the way from Romans chapter 1, verse 1. A couple of years ago, we started. It's all on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. I encourage you to go back and start at the beginning. There are many teachings on our uh, website and the YouTube channel. Also, there's a Spreaker app you can have on your smartphone, uh, and my channel is for those who have ears to hear. And also, uh, you can watch and listen uh, on our Mm, our church app that you can have on your smartphone and it's Crossway Church app and there you can watch live, you can donate, you can watch the archives that have been uploaded there for your convenience whenever it is, all free of charge to you, for you, for your growth, for your encouragement and edification, strength that the Lord might find you moving forward on this great path of victory he set your feet to. And I praise God for what he's saying and what he's doing in these last days like never before. God began 23 years ago or thereabout to pour out unto the church the avenue through which the Bible is understood, the avenue through which the Bible is experienced like never before, the way to live for God, the way of sanctification. It's the same way that we got saved. 500 or so years ago, the Lord poured through the vessel Martin Luther that we're justified by faith in Christ alone. And that means faith in what he did at the cross alone, for we're justified by the blood alone. And then some 500 years later, close to it, a little but a few years before the 500-year mark from that great illumination shining from God's Word comes the, 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 the illumination from God's Word to those who will have ears to hear that we're also sanctified by faith in Christ and His work at the cross alone, that God only works by the law of the Spirit of life, Romans 8, 2 and Psalms 33, 4, for the Word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. And I'm thankful to know those things today. I'm thankful to know that I'm not moving forward with the Lord by what I do, but by what he's doing in me and through me, through my simple faith in what he did for me at Calvary. I'm not growing without faith in the cross. I'm not experiencing the things that God has for me through anything other than faith in the cross. It's only religious make-believe using the Bible if I'm not trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. 99.9% .9 of all the church today 
has believed, is believing that we, we can do something and, and all the local churches are looking for their own personal path that God is going to pour out upon them when he finally reveals this or that to them. What he is trying to reveal to all of his people so that he can pour out on them that which is real and that he can be seen through, experienced through, and move and work through and reach the lost through and, and bring the church back to the place of true worship and true expression of him in holiness is that called the way of the cross, the way of God's righteousness. And I'm thankful today to know that, to be a part of that. It's not anything new that's uh, uh, something that, uh, is newly written. It's always been in the Word of God, just like justified by faith has always been in the Word of God. But God begins to open the Scriptures to those who are broken and realize they're wretched and they need a Savior, not just one time to get in the kingdom and have a place reserved in heaven, but oh, we're still wretched without Him daily. And Paul knew that. He said, O oh, wretched man that I am, who can save me from this body of death? I want you to know there's only twice in the scriptures the word wretched is used there with Paul, who, who through that avenue, that, that searching for, for how to escape this wretchedness that we are even as Christians was the way of the cross of Christ. And that was given to the Apostle Paul to be given to us. That's why he wrote it here in this very book, this letter to the Roman church. And again, we see that word wretched to the church of Laodicea in the book of Revelations where Jesus through the Apostle John tells them, you think you have need of nothing, but you're blind, naked, and wretched. You know, most of the church today does not even know they're wretched. They all admit they're not perfect. I speak from experience. I'm not talking about everybody but me. We'll admit we're not perfect. We'll admit we don't know everything. But will we get, will, will we, will we get to the place we realize we're wretched? That we can do nothing without Christ? And if He's going to be involved, it's only going to be through faith in His work of righteousness at Calvary. Only. That's it. That's it. That's the only way we're not denying him. And we need to think about that. Those Christians who have heard about, they've been offered, they've been told the way of sanctification, the way of righteousness is through exclusive faith in the cross of Christ at Calvary. And they're rejecting that. They Preachers by the drove are hearing this, but they won't come back to it. It's because they, they haven't had that wretched man moment yet. And until they realize how wretched they are, until they realize the reality of the sin nature dominating them, and they get tired of faking it, and having to put on a show until they reach that moment, they're not coming back to Calvary. So don't be shocked when preachers don't start preaching this message again, when preachers don't start uh, ministering the scriptures in this light again because they don't see how wretched they are, just like the church of Laodicea. 
It doesn't matter if your mama, husband, brother, granddaddy, daddy, grandmama, uh, mom. It doesn't matter who's got this illumination of God's Word in their heart concerning the cross of Christ and how wretched we are with that faith there alone. It's a personal thing. You're not going to experience this just because you have a relative that has. You can sit for years and listen to this message and still not have the wretched man way of life. Not the realization, I mean. Until you have that wretched man moment and you keep the reality that you are wretched without the way of God's righteousness, meaning faith in the cross daily, and all we are at best is a put on and a show and we watch a bunch of preachers so we'll know how to act when we get up. Come on now, I'm just being real today. God's looking for the expression of His holiness that without, no man can see the Lord, Hebrews 12 and 14. And that avenue of holiness exclusively comes through the avenue of righteousness and oh yes we are righteous if we're saved but the fruit and the manifestation of that righteousness only takes place when we're serving that righteousness we've learned that in Romans chapter 6 and no one is serving righteousness unless they're yielded to that same truth that freed them from sin and made them that servant of righteousness. Oh, please go back and listen to Romans chapter 6. Today, Romans chapter 15, verse 14, Paul writes to the church there in Rome, and he says, And I myself also am confident, I'm persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness. Oh, we like to hear that, praise God. Filled with all knowledge. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. We have all knowledge. Filled with all knowledge. Also, you're able also to admonish one another. Oh, what maturity that is. We, we typically just read right through this, right past that, not really look at it. And we just see the part we like about being full of goodness and filled with all knowledge. Oh, able also to admonish one another. And then we just keep going. But Paul wanted these words to be looked at, thought about, understood and received. He says, I'm confident, I'm persuaded of you that you also are full of goodness. We're not talking about the lost human race. There's nothing good, nothing good about the lost human race. That thought about we're just good people and it just needs to be found. No, no. If we were good people, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die for us. We're a very evil people <coughs> and only deserve to be thrown into the lake of fire. Think There's nothing good about humanity. Nothing in and of ourselves was worthy of being saved. Nothing. That's why when we were born again, God used nothing of the past. 
all things became new. God doesn't, didn't take anything from your past, anything of who you were, dead and buried, and put away and separated from him in your sins. God didn't resurrect that anything about you. You are a completely brand new creation in Christ. God didn't use anything of the old to make you who you are today. As a Christian, you are not a product of your past life. You're a product of the work of Christ at Calvary, and you need to remember that. The world is nothing good in it. Nothing good in the world but the children of God who have the goodness of God in them. And that's why Paul can say, you're full of goodness. You're filled with all knowledge. That's the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of God. But you're also able to admonish one another. And that word means to warn, to caution, and to bring the rebukes that are needed. Now that's where the rub comes in. When the preacher begins to warn what we might say, too much. We might call too much. Then we'll go find us another preacher. But if you will really be honest with yourselves, other than the New Testament writings being about Christ is the Son of God, became the Lamb of God, and you can be saved if you call upon him, believe upon him. You'll never perish. And, 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 and there is going to be a rapture. There's going to be a second coming. There's going to be a new earth and new heavens. And those things are mentioned. But the majority of what is written in the New Testament, almost all of it, is warning, warning, warning. And if you're not able to be admonished, and I don't mean once, but if you, can't, if you can't be admonished, then more than likely you're not walking in a place where you are admonishing others either. And we're called to admonish one another, to provoke others unto love and to good works and that's why I don't mind telling folks they need to be in church. I, and I'm not going to stop. Folks need to be in church. They need to be giving. They need to be praying. They need to be studying the Word. I'm not talking about doing things to get saved. I'm talking about the privilege and the honor and the great requirements of Christianity. To whom much is given, much is, that's right, require their requirements, hallelujah, for Christians. I'm not going to stop telling folks what they ought to be doing. I don't preach law, but the Bible's full of what we ought to be doing. And, it's, and, and if it wasn't, and it didn't need to be talked about, then there wouldn't, we wouldn't, Paul wouldn't have needed to write that under the unction of the Holy Spirit, by the way. There would be no need for admonishing each other. Wouldn't be any, any need for that. And, and, and really, that's what's wrong with the, with, with, with the kids today. Parents didn't admonish them along the way. We're to raise our children in the admonition of the Lord, correcting, rebuking, warning. If it's not important, my friend, if we couldn't walk away, throw in the towel, quit, 
if we couldn't lose this great salvation, if, we, if it was totally impossible for us to be cut off, and the Bible in more than one place says, if Israel was cut off, you and I surely can be also. Romans 11, 1, Scripture alone reminds us of that. If those things weren't possible, we wouldn't need to be admonishing one another. We wouldn't need to be warned But the New Testament is full of it. And when I reach a level to where I think I don't need to be warned anymore, Boy, I've reached a level, and it's, it's a level, all right. And it's, it's not the measure of faith I was given that got me to that level because the measure of faith I was given, Romans 12, 3, will prevent me from thinking more highly of myself than I ought to. And, oh, I'm doing that very thing when I think I don't need to be warned, rebuked, cautioned. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some things as putting you in mind, remembrance, because of the grace that is given to me of God. See, it's God's grace, the spirit of grace, working in Paul in the mission for the purpose of God, the will of God, the, the purpose of kingdom principles in Paul, through Paul, to the church in Rome. Hallelujah. Never forget that. When we just don't take very seriously portions of the Bible, we're not taking God that serious. The, 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 the sincerity we lay from our hearts on the Word of God is the sincerity we have about God Himself. And Paul says that he was bringing these things to the remembrance of the church in Rome because of the grace that had been given to him. And again, grace is not uh, just something sprinkled upon you and just some mission. That, that Listen, grace is God, the Holy Spirit, doing something in you and through you. We're saved by grace. Well, who saved us? God saved us through what he did in Christ on the cross. The Bible says in Titus chapter 2 that we're taught by grace. Well, who is it that teaches us? It's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, who teaches us. We can't learn anything if it's not Him teaching us. He is the one who offers, teaches, and imparts when we receive the teaching of the Holy Spirit. And He then guides us in that truth that shows forth that path of righteousness to us. Paul said that in another place that he labors by grace. That means by what the Spirit of grace, who is the Spirit of God, it's time the church learns that grace is God manifesting himself in his will and his purpose for your life. First of all, he saved you. He saved you by grace through faith. By grace means what he did in Christ at Calvary. Remember the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 that Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. Jesus, by the grace of God, by what the Spirit of God, who is God, was doing in him, leading him to the cross to die. God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. Get this, never leave it, never forget it. God's grace is God functioning in your life for his purpose, his will. And he does that, my friend, through faith. He doesn't do that except through faith. Get that now. God's grace is upon working in and through faith found by God in the heart of the believer. Never forget that. And, and Paul says, because of the grace that is given to me of God, I'm putting you in mind remembrance that I wrote some things that were very bold to you. And he says in verse 16 that I should be the minister, the servant of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. Paul never leaves it. Why would we leave it? Why would we preach a message without the word cross or redemption or, 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 or gospel? Why would we preach an hour-long message using Scripture without pointing to the one, calling on his name and pointing to where his name became beneficial to us at the cross. Hallelujah. Why would we do that? Because we don't understand what we have. When you begin to understand what you have, people ask me all the time, why are they not preaching the cross? Because they don't see the significance of it. Oh, now they will all, oh, now wait a minute. You push them up against the wall, they can, man, they can quote it just like you do. They can tell it just like you do. But you can tell what a preacher believes is God's answer by what that preacher is preaching and teaching. You just pay attention to this right here. Whatever a preacher is full of, that's what's coming out when he gets an opportunity to speak. You can see it, Paul. Any preacher, turn the TV on. Any preacher, what he's full of is coming out. And we're not full of this one week and full of that one week and full of this one week. We are full of the Holy Spirit. We are full of the truth of God's redemptive plan if we are walking in the place accurately, faithfully carrying out the plan of God's grace for our lives if we are ministering reconciliation. The problem is we have thought that was just talking about initial salvation. What do we do with reconciliation? What do we do with uh, uh, God restores my soul by leading me in the path of righteousness? My soul is already restored. I, I'm already reconciled. Oh, my friend, your soul needs restored every day. You need to be delivered every day from yourself. You need to be reconciled daily to the plan of God. You need to think about that. That I should be the servant, the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. 
Paul uses the Gentiles here and his calling to the Gentiles, servant of Jesus Christ though, ministering the gospel of God, the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel that the offering up of the Gentiles, that the praise and the sacrifices of righteousness of, of the Gentiles be acceptable. That's why Paul was determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified because outside of faith in that alone, there can be nothing offered to God that will be acceptable. Nothing. Nothing. Being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sanctified us. We were sanctified the moment we were born again. But that was a position God took us and set us apart from the world. Sanctified us through our faith in the blood of the Lamb. <coughs> For sanctified purpose. That we not just become sanctified, but that we Learn how to live sanctified. God, the Bible says, is only sanctified in righteousness. That's why he had to, he had to make us servants of righteousness in Romans 6. Because unless we're serving righteousness, God is not sanctified in our hearts. He's only sanctified in our hearts in righteousness. He only establishes us in righteousness. Isaiah 54, 14. And we're told to sanctify the Lord in our hearts. And the Lord is only sanctified in righteousness. And righteousness, when you say the word righteousness and righteous, you must look to Calvary. For there's where you became righteous. There's where you became the servant of righteousness. And only through yielding to that way are we serving righteousness and there, the Holy Spirit is allowed to, by that law he works within, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8, 2. Only there is he allowed to sanctify us in experience, really to conform us into the image of Christ. We're not conformed to the image of Christ because of the hard times that we go through. Oh, I need to say that again. We are not conformed into the image of Christ by the hard things we have to go through. We're, we are conformed to the image of Christ as we trust through faith in the cross alone, God, not to get us around the obstacles that are before us, but through them. The world, the lost and the evil world goes through very horrible things just like the child of God. But we don't go through it the same way, or might I say we shouldn't be. If we go through in faith, I didn't say just because I'm going to church or reading my Bible, but my faith must remain in that which allows the Holy Spirit to work in my life. And my friends, if you still think that God just works anyway, then you're not understanding the New Testament. God will not drag you across the finish line. He puts you in a race 
to run the race. All these sweet little sayings we see on social media about when you can't run anymore, God will carry you. My friend, that's not biblical. You will run this race. And if you're not, you can repent by simply acknowledging the truth which is Jesus and what he did at Calvary, and I guarantee, I guarantee it, God guarantees it, that you'll be in the race again. You'll be in the race again. The Gentiles being acceptable to God is found in the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit daily, which happens through not our faith in the cross some 20 days, 20 weeks, 20 months, 20 years ago, now, faith is. Now, faith is. Faith is always a right now word, and my faith is in the cross. I've ministered to so many people, and I've offered them the only thing God offers to get them through or to avoid some of the things that are coming at them. I've offered them this way that God offers only. The only way he offers is the way of the cross to accept this way, to identify yourself by faith with Jesus Christ. Believe upon him, which means you accept that when he died for you, you died with him. You were buried with him, raised to newness of life with him, and the life you live now is exclusively, if you're going to live, is by the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you. Galatians 2 and 20. And when you identify yourself with the one and what he did to identify himself with you at, at the cross, there, my friend, you will find deliverance. You will find the resistance of the enemy. And I've offered that because that is what God offers to all, not some. This is the only avenue God offers for all things. And I've watched them with tears like Esau turn it down, wanting to be delivered but not accepting God's way of deliverance, wanting to do that which is right but not accepting God's way of walking in that which is right, wanting to be conformed and changed but not accepting the way of God's conforming his people into the image of Christ, wanting a move of God and crying tears for it, and begging God for it, but not accepting the only avenue through which he offers it. And when you refuse to accept the way of the cross for your way of living, then you have to make things up, you have, and you're not, listen, that's not the Lord. When you deny the voice of the Lord that will always point you back to the cross if you're wayward, child of God, or when, you, when he gets you back to the way of the cross, the way of righteousness, then he will confirm it with the word of God. And at that point, the word then, truly inexperienced, becomes a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, which is that of righteousness that you're on now because you are learning the truth. Proverbs 12, 17, he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness, deceit. You see, the false witness will use God's word in a deceitful manner. They're a dime a dozen. The Word of God used outside of 
the context of righteousness is a deceitful use of God's Word. Jesus Christ is our hope of glory. The Scriptures in the New Testament tell us that if we look back to the Old Testament, we can find hope and comfort from the Scriptures. But Jesus is that hope of glory. Jesus said the Scriptures are about Him. John 5, 38 and 39. Psalms 40, verse 7. Hebrews 10, verse 7. Luke 24, 44 through 46. The Bible is your Jesus book. Jesus is your way. Jesus is your righteousness. Jesus is your way, your path of righteousness. But to follow Him, I must daily deny myself of whatever it might be that's preventing me from taking up my cross, keeping my faith in His work at Calvary every day to be able to follow Him. He says in Luke 14, 27, I can't be His disciple unless I bear my cross. That means trust His work at Calvary. And if I can't be His disciple because I refuse to go the way of the cross, then it means I, I might be learning, but I'm not learning of Him. And in the last days, Paul said they would ever be learning but not able to come to the truth. Where are we at today in this church age of history that's about to have the door shut on it? While you're still breathing and you're still in this world right now as a child of God, you have the opportunity to come back to Calvary and to allow the Holy Spirit to show you and to teach you the righteousness of God through the words of truth written in this great book called the Bible, that He might guide you into all truth, which is the path of His righteousness. God bless you. God richly bless you as you walk away from that which is not what God has called and what it's not what God has Given you to walk away from all you've heard out of out of the wrong context to be able to get up and get out and God is doing that all over the world today. He's getting His people up and out of that which only has a form of godliness, but there is no power there. Do not be found sitting in a congregation where you will admit there is no power, there is no fire. And he is not preaching what he should be because when you refuse to get up and get out, you're showing God what your faith is really in. That property, that building, that which is mama's, grandmama's, you, that building is not the church. That property is not the church. You, my friend, are the church. And God is desiring to build you, to strengthen you, and to get you planted in the place where you can flourish in His courts. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I'm glad you were on this broadcast with us today. I'm praying that more and more of God's people will realize how wretched they are and look to Calvary for there's where the power comes from to be able to live for God and to make it through every situation and circumstance, to find literally and experience the Lord fighting for you. Hallelujah. I encourage you to watch our broadcast and don't just like them and comment on them. Please hit the share button so that your friends, 
your relatives, your co-workers can hear God's words of truth, God's words of righteousness, the great call of God to the church back to the path of righteousness, the call of God to the lost world to the path initially to begin to run this race, hit the share button, sow into good ground where you're hearing the focus of the gospel, which is the focus of the cross of Jesus Christ. Sow into good ground today. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. God's got something good for you if you will just walk in the place that he's calling you to walk. Be faithful to those ministries that you're learning from the great and glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You can do that here at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can give on your smartphone by typing the word give to the number 903-231-5950. And thank you for all those of you who do so into this good ground of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time. But until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.